Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. I am H.A. Conrad, here with the amazing... Ali Matu, and welcome to episode 8 yes, and of for, the Super Fantastic. And for this episode, we have kind of a different format. We did a field trip. We had a super nerdy field trip to Singularity & Co. Uh, you guys can all check them out at SaveTheSciFi.com. And man, we had so much fun, Conrad. Right. And they have a brick-and-mortar store in Dumbo, and I highly recommend people check it out. It is a lot of fun. In in fact, we spent probably more time than we were intending, and our, oh, yeah. our wonderful... Uh, the person that we interviewed is one of the uh, co-founders and co-owners, uh, CC James, and she was amazingly just nice and nerdy and accommodating and, and let us basically explore the store. We didn't get to meet her, um, the other co-founder, which is her husband, Ash Kalb, but it is an amazing mission to save science fiction stories. You can support them online and you could check out their store. And we highly recommend both. We also got to meet her dog, Robot, who is actually sitting in on the interview but didn't even make a peep, which I think makes him named totally appropriately. Uh, I guess, except that Robot wasn't too fond of us. Robot's a little bit finicky, <laughs> but in any case, it was it was actually a lot of fun, and we're very happy we got to go and do this since we've been talking about it for a while. So enjoy. We, we snuck in. We snuck in a little bit of an infinite crossover chamber and a top five, but I think you can agree with me, Conrad. This was a, a light crossover and a light top five. Well, Cece didn't know what we were doing to her <laughs> in the interview in terms of those things, but she she handled it very well. And She's a great sport. Very grateful for her participation, and it was such a fun time meeting her and, and getting to, to do something a little bit outside of our, our normal format. So enjoy, so, everyone. Enjoy the interview. Please check out SaveTheSciFi.com. Check out Singularity and Co. Follow them on Twitter. Check them out on Facebook and support their awesome mission of bringing back science fiction to the future. Excellent. Welcome to the Super Fantastic Nerd Hour. It's Oli Matu and H. A. Conrad. We're here on a special field trip. Yes. With CC James <laughs> at Singularity and Co. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank CC. you. Thanks for coming. Um, and right now we are sitting in what I would term probably my childhood dream of a bookstore. <laughs> childhood dream of a anything. Of an anything. I would, th I, this is what I always wish my room looked like when I was a mm. kid. This is what, that's what a lot of people say. Either their rooms did look like this if they're older or this is like what their grandpa's uh, basement looked like, or <laughs> the room they weren't allowed to go in. Um, we're just trying to cre create the inside of a 13-year-old boy's mind. And girls. I think you have realized that vision. We're <laughs> surrounded, we're in a nook of singularity, where we're surrounded by books all over the place. Um, a cool model behind us from a, a film you guys helped put together. There's a samurai over there. Um, a cool microscope <laughs> from our childhood. Um, and then there's like the, the astronaut kind of... There's a glowing crystal skull in there. Yeah. I was thinking, is that, is that a Doctor Who reference? Or is that just like something um, you guys put together? I think we um, 
finished the bottle of alcohol that came <laughs> with the crystal skull uh, or that was inside the crystal skull. We just had the red light and, uh, and my husband, Ash, who's also my partner, got me in this business, um, got me that helmet, which I think is a Chinese space helmet mm-hmm. for my birthday. So I just, oh. I put two and three and one together and all of a sudden you get a glowing crystal skull inside of a space helmet. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this would be a great lamp. Coolest <laughs> birthday gift ever. Totally. So Cece, why don't you tell us a little bit about your store here and your mission? I was terming you guys as the, the sort of sci-fi savior superheroes we thought it was like you guys are like basically you got your this is your your superhero identity because you all have day jobs and you all have stuff that you do and this we do have yeah so how did this how did singularity come to be um the earliest thing i can think of is that my partner husband ash was in bed and looking through Kindle's options of, I think it was even, it was a Greg Bear book, now that I think about it, and he was looking for an ebook version of something that he remembered that he loved, and it didn't exist. And he was like, how, how could we have gotten this far that every book that I ever wanted isn't already an ebook? This should, this should have already happened. And then he started looking through other sort of well-known titles, or no, it was Ben Bova book, sorry, just mm-hmm. have to be correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were just so many well-known titles that hadn't been yet made into ebooks, And then he started thinking, well, what about all the books that you don't remember mm-hmm. that will then, they'll just go down by the wayside because if nobody remembers them, nobody will ever think to ask to make them an ebook. And um, if they're paper, as we found out later, publishers don't keep back copies necessarily mm. forever. No, they don't. Yeah. They'll um, be lost to history. They're, yeah. They're, like, they don't keep manuscripts. They don't keep copies paper copies if like there are books that there might be just four or five left four or five you know daw books uh versions of whatever what, what do we got here like i don't know the anarch lords <laughs> who knows how many copies of the anarch lords are, Not still enough. exist you're right well we've got one um but uh so he and i began kind of mulling over this idea about how many books there might be out there that will just disappear. Um, and then we got an idea to publish them ourselves. Um, not that we knew anything about publishing. I was in grad school at the time for anthropology and he was a, he is still a lawyer. I guess you're never not a lawyer anymore. No, you're never not. I think if you get disbarred, then if you're you not get a lawyer. As long as you, <laughs> yeah, as long as usually sounds bad, so I'm not going to say yeah. he's not a lawyer because he is still barred. Barred? Anyways. In, I, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> yeah. In bar? He's above I'm... bar. Um, so uh, He's a member of the bar. He's a member of the bar to this, to this day. Um, so we got together the idea for the Kickstarter. We are like, how hard could it be? We'll put out a book a month. That should be pretty easy. We'll just ask people um, for the rights to their books, and they'll probably say yes, we hope, um, Mm -hmm. if we can find them. And we made that Kickstarter happen. We asked for 15000 I think, Mm -hmm. and we ended up making 
the Kickstarter alone, I think, was fifty nine thousand, and wow. then wow, um, and, and then we got extra sort of like angel benefits after that. When um, was when was that? That was a year, almost two years ago. So that was back when Kickstarter was first sort of. Coming. It was not. Yeah, it was kind of on. We were on the like the cusp of the wave. Yeah, um, right. before everybody just did Kickstarter for everything. Yeah. Um, but it was also coming off the heels of some really successful ones. Like, I think there's a a, a magazine called Matter mm. now that made, like, a million dollars mm. on Kickstarter. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was also before people started not getting things that they were promised on Kickstarter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what was it like to get that overwhelming response from the community? It was well, it was overwhelming. Yeah. And, um, were, were you surprised? I'm not surprised at all, just because I know yeah. I know how rabid science fiction fans can be about certain things, and just as a book lover myself, and having the same frustration, but obviously yeah. not having the same good idea <laughs> that you and Ashton. Well, um, I've I've found especially. Um, recently that there's a lot of books that are not available um, in ebook format and these are and books across genres it's not just science fiction although I feel like science fiction because perhaps because it doesn't people don't take it quite as seriously sometimes maybe and maybe publishers still don't um, well and there also is so much of it um, that's right so there's so much I just feel like it is there is a lot less of it than I see of some other genres well it's 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 both it's there's less and there's more because on the one hand there's so much science fiction out there um and there you know uh, people will write 24 installations of a series um so i i think there's there's so much but actually there's been quite a lot of it has been made into ebooks but i think comparatively to how much has been ever in existence it's still a pitiful amount um but also there is a trend more and more sci-fi is cool now people like sci-fi every movie that comes out every tv show almost everyone has some sort of paranormal or sci-fi element so it's it's getting cooler and cooler and actually we've found on our publishing side it's getting a little harder to go back to Publishers, if they're still the ones who own the copyright, they're usually they don't want to let things go uh, because there's they're a holding on to make a movie, make a movie, mm-hmm. yeah, or make a TV yeah. show. They yeah. want all those rights, um, which can be very frustrating for an author or their widows if they're they're still around because they would love to see something done with this yeah. property, but it maybe it could be twenty more years before they even touch it. So you had this Kickstarter. Yes. You got this fantastic response. You knew nothing about the whole publishing world. <laughs> yeah. What happened next? Zero, nothing. Um, then we put out... Well, we took a lot of that money and we... Well, we paid for this store. Mm-hmm. We paid for a year's rent, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, for And we, we built the store and then the way that we find the titles that we do and still today... This is still how we do it. As uh, um, we're not looking for Arthur C. Clarke's, mm-hmm. we're not looking for the Asimovs because those properties are already well taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for the books that you don't remember you forgot. Mm-hmm. So um, you're like, oh, that book, oh, I love, it. but you never would have remembered it if you hadn't seen the cover again. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for those or 
books that we don't even remember, we, we've never seen. We're like, wow, this is crazy. Like, the last time anyone saw this book was probably in 1969 when this person bought it and put it on their shelf, and that was, that was it. <laughs> and then when he died, we got his storage closet, and now that's when mm. we're seeing it 50 years later. Um, so we need to buy books in bulk. We need to buy as many as possible so that we can have as many um, chances to find the books that we don't remember. Mm-hmm. And then we go through, we pick them out, put them aside. There's a stack on my desk that's like 50 books high. And then we start looking to see if there's ebooks made of it. And by ebooks, like we're looking for, we generally won't do a book even if there's like a bad Google version of it. Um, cause we don't want to make something that's already out, out there. there. Yeah. Although it does kind of like wrench our hearts a little bit when we see like the facsimile versions of the books out and it's like, ah, oh, this is just not, it's not good for, it's not good for the authors and it's not good yeah. for, it's not good for books in general. Um, so if there's no ebook version, then, you know, it goes a step further. If it's out of print or out of copyright, we'll kind of put that in a category for when all our other options fall through. Mm. Cause we, anybody can, put those books out um but uh we want to focus mostly on the ones that are in the awkward copyright status mm. so it's like it's been out of print for a really long time but we're not sure who owns the copyright anymore and then that's the hard part is the the, the detective work of trying to figure out if it reverted back to the author if they're still alive mm-hmm. sometimes it's the agents have the copyright mm-hmm. um so we figure that out and then you know furnish our letters out to them and ash um being a lawyer is helpful for that um <laughs> and it seems like you've assembled this sort of justice league of superhero yeah. talent that kind of <laughs> it's mostly him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean actually we had a lot of help um and still do uh, from, what is it called? The Blip Clinic mm-hmm. at uh, Brooklyn Law. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what exactly that stands for, but um, I think it's, well, Brooklyn Law um, Property. Intellectual, Intellectual property. property. Right. Yes. Thank you. Um, and uh, Jonathan Askin is the head of that um, over there. He's a professor, and he's wonderful, and he basically gave us his students to do a lot of the dirty work at the beginning. Um and by dirty work, I just mean writing letters, not like... <laughs> <laughs> not like not breaking killing elbows. People. And, yeah. uh, hey, give us a publishing rights for hey, this. Hey, widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give us your manuscript or else. Um, usually it's the other way around. <laughs> um, they're trying to kill us. Um, so then, so that first year, a lot of people just didn't know who we were, yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah, how, what was your, your pitch? <laughs> You're like, hey, so Basically we'd that. like to save yeah. your book. Yeah, like, you it probably won't us. make a lot of money, <laughs> but, you know, the, the thought that counts and <laughs> history and stuff like that. But we had a lot of sort of flat-out no's um, and then a lot of tentatives tentative like well we'll see and probably our proudest moment was the first letter we ever sent out we finally a year later got 
the person got back to us and was like, okay, I've been watching you over this time and it looks like you actually did what you said you were going to do for all these other people. So now you can have my husband's book. And it was really nice. That must have been so nice to get that. Yeah, it was great. That was Joy Merrifield, whose husband was, oh my gosh, I remember her really well, but, oh, I can't remember his last, his name right now. We can drop it in. We'll put yeah, it in the show notes. <laughs> thanks, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the sky is filled with ships. That was the book. but um, So that was a big yay for us. And now it's just, you know, just continuing to keep asking and then waiting and asking mm-hmm. and waiting and every once in a while doing a book that's out of copyright because that month, you know, we need something. Um and you and you have different memberships like oh, yeah. on your website. So I think that one of the things I really love about your idea <laughs> is that there's the brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think anybody who is a science fiction fan would love walking around here. Oh my goodness! But also, yeah. you, here. <laughs> but also, if you can't get here, you have access to all these great things online. And I really love that you guys have set this up. It's 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 a brilliant way of integrating the best of brick and mortar. Um, and this online store, which has really become a community, it seems like. And it's, yeah, that's the nice part about it. Yeah, and w- alongside of that, you have this online community, and you have the forum, and you have the membership where you can get access to ebooks, and you can also buy some of these print books mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. How th- it sounds like these things kind of just kind of developed in parallel with each other. They did. I mean, it be it was like a chicken and the egg thing. We had yeah. we had to buy all those books to find the ebooks, but then we had all these books. So what are we going to do with them? They just kind of filled our apartment for a long time, and then. <laughs> well, now you have a mobile kiosk now outside. Your- right. Now my, my non-functioning car filled with books. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> we actually wanted for a while to buy um, in New York. They have uh, the traffic cops have what are called the interceptors, which are three wheels, little, tiny little yes, car things. Yeah. There's a little like I call them the Tie Fighters. Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but the the proper name is the interceptor. They actually it says it on the side of all of them. There's interceptor. I think one through four now, which sounds intimidating. But <laughs> no, they're if you so see this, they're like the most cute. They look thing. like yeah. they belong in a carnival, or yeah. it's like when you put a child in, in, in and like Jetsons. push them along. They yeah, kind of like a Jetsons car, but not yeah. yes. airborne. They should yeah. be like meet NYPD. Yeah, yeah. I really we wanted to get one because I think they're like two thousand dollars on Craigslist and paint it silver and then make that the mobile book store but we haven't gotten there yet maybe for the next Kickstarter. it's also they don't think they have windows so it's very cold oh, oh. <laughs> so maybe it's a seasonal it's a little too seasonal for us right now but so tell us a little bit about some of the community events that you guys do uh you've been involved in lots of different stuff whether it's um uh wizard wizarding worlds uh you've done some panels there you're at housing works this week you Dude, guys geek you, week you're at geek week at geek housing Fortnite, Work. apparently no. Yes. Fortnite yeah. is continuing. Yes. You, have a, you have a happy hour here. You guys we do, do a lot of stuff. We do a lot. We're just trying to, like, we try to do everything that we can. I mean, um, we, right, we have readings. There's been a super successful thing called, it was called iReader, but then we changed the name, or rather the the guy, Ryan Britt from Tor.com, or mm-hmm. formerly of Tor.com, um, invented it, I guess, and came to us with it. It's a monthly reading series where he picks a theme, or we together pick a theme, uh, and then we get our favorite readers reading not their own work, but their favorite 
of that particular theme of somebody oh, cool. else's work. That's very yeah. cool. Which is more fun than people reading their own work sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's like... Mm-hmm. Um, Self-promotion. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so we'll do that. We do that monthly, um, and we haven't been doing it monthly lately, but we're starting again in March, which I guess is today. Mm-hmm. So sometime this month, we're going to have a new one. Um, so that's pretty fun. And then we've had all sorts. I mean, we'll have any event here. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you ask for it, we'll do it. We've been trying to get a game night going for a while. Which we, we were just talking about gaming during our last, last episode. episode. Yeah. So. Table games, I mean, we're super into them. There's also, though, we understand in Williamsburg, a new store opened up, and it is really great. 20-sided die? No, 20-sided store. It's called 20 Sided Store. It's just a table gaming store. Cool. Hmm. And they just run games. That's all they yeah. do. So I understand. <laughs> that's their thing. And do, do they don't have ca- to be the only one, though. They Come on. the only one. Gaming yeah. is for everyone. That's right. Now, do you have a character that you've built up? No. No, I'm very new to all. Yeah. And gaming is like some... I knew it was a world that if I got into it, I would... I would I kind of get obsessive and go nuts, so I didn't want to... This wanna... sounds like my discussion about World of Warcraft. Exactly! Yeah. Which like is, all... I, yeah. I played, like, one game, and I was telling Ali, and, and I just kind of put the control... I was like, I, I shouldn't do this. This is not a good idea. <laughs> it will just take up your life. I know it will. I know myself. Yeah. And um, a long time ago, in high school, my boyfriend was uh, Dungeons & Dragons, um... Dungeon Master, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't let me play. What? Because what? there were no girls allowed in his game. Um, you can come. Yang, to Yang, win. Wang, this is all your fault. Yeah. I just have to pause for a moment and say, what kind of a geek guy was he? Seriously? It was apparently his friends didn't want me to play. So oh, they were just jealous. I think they were jealous. Maybe, or intimidated? <laughs> because Maybe. that seems weird. If my if my girlfriend I really wanted, wanted to play, play, I'd be like, hell yeah, coolest girlfriend ever. Well, I was and am still the coolest girlfriend ever. Yes. But we're no longer together yeah. <laughs> because he wouldn't let me play. So, <laughs> so, so I never got into it. <laughs> if you, if your partner wants to play Dungeons and Dragons, you, you play should with say them. yes. yes. The Always answer is say yes. yes. Yeah. Always yes. say yes. <laughs> Why would you say no? It's just it was so confounding. Yeah. It really. Yeah. Actually, yes, dear is a good answer to any question that your partner <laughs> ever asks. <laughs> I don't know, I guess maybe it was like bringing your wife on patrol or something. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed, <laughs> I don't know what the what the yeah. But I guess I have him to thank because it kept me away from gaming and not wasting my life is not a waste. But just like my life would have gone in a very different route maybe if I had gotten super into gaming at eighteen. So you're getting um you're trying to get gaming events going on here. Yes. Um but we've also had I mean we've had all sorts of crazy things. We had a bunch of naked girls reading here. They had a book club. They just like to read books naked. Oh and they I've seen I've seen these photos <laughs> for research purposes. Uh-huh. They have they do this thing where they go to Central Park and they go to other yeah, places. They do this it, thing. It's promoting reading. Mm, yeah. Yes. Also, top <laughs> Congress well, skeptical. We'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> well, no, I think or not. But, but part of it, part of it is also because of the New York laws, so men are allowed to run around without yeah. shirts on, and so women right. are women so, are technically allowed to go topless. They are. Yep. So that, it's also a statement on that. Yes. 
Yes. So educational and recreational. <laughs> what have you? There's one guy with a camera. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys are really open. To We're very open. Celebrating any aspect. That's of, right. As long as it deals with the books, generally. Yeah. Um, we're we're pretty into it, and we'll do it. Well, and you guys also, we came in, and you're playing uh, the original Planet of the Apes, and you've got a oh, TARDIS yeah. here, and it seems like you're celebrating just all aspects of um, science fiction and, and geek culture. That, that it's true. Yeah. There's oh, some there's fantasy stuff here too. There's and, fantasy, and, and we just actually started. We did a smaller Kickstarter campaign recently um, for Save the Adventure, mm. which we're just just about to get our first book. But I can't say what it is because oh, you never know. You spoilers. never know what it's going to be. We can't have a super fantastic nerd hour exclusive I know. here. Well, I can say that the posters are ready. Okay, <laughs> all my prizes are ready. All cool. the backer prizes are about to be sent out. So all of you backers are about to get that's some cool right. Stuff but you can soon. also join. You can. You don't have to be a backer. You can actually just join now. And as you were saying, we do have levels of membership. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, for both Save the Sci-Fi and Save the Adventure, you can join for a year when you get. 12 books, uh, one a month, or you can join for a lifetime and you get as many as we can possibly do. And it's pretty reasonable it's as well. It's super reasonable. It's under, it's, yeah, it's it's under like, 135, I think. Yeah. For the, for it's the, definitely under 150 for forever. Forever, yeah. yeah. And the I monthly mean, is like 29, 29 yeah, yeah, which is super reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So... And it's it, the way I see you guys is um, like many other efforts where it's to preserve um, old films. Um, that are just decaying. Mm. Um, and like a lot of Melies' stuff, you know, it's, uh, a lot of that was lost to time. And there's been efforts to like, to bring back uh, a trip to the moon and that was just kind of remastered. And there's a lot of that going on in cinema. And you guys are doing this to science fiction and now to other genres, books that that would otherwise just be completely lost. So you're keeping them alive for the 21st century. That's what we're trying to do. So cool. Bring him back to the future. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, I know. That was pretty cool. I figured cool. out that tagline a while ago. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're also, you've got some serious geek cred. I'm getting there. You've got, you're an anthropologist. <laughs> yes. And you're also a huge Trekkie. Yes. Now, here's something that confused she, me. She's an equal opportunity nerd, though. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. she loves everything. I yeah, love what, almost everything. She's what, a renaissance nerd. What are some of the things that, that you love? Um, well, I did start with The Next Generation, but I'm late. I'm super late into it. I was not a fan of anything. Star Trek, Star Wars, Star... I, like, I was not a sci-fi fan, period, until 25 or 26. And then you watched Firefly and it was all over? No, I watched Next Generation <laughs> and it was all over. Do you remember what... What the episode was? Or I do. I started, well, I just, I was in grad school and I needed something to like end the day every day and like take my mind off of As everyone work. in grad school does, yeah. I guess. Or, or to like something to work through, something that wasn't that intense. And so I just started at the beginning of The Next Generation because I kept hearing Encounter about at it. at Farpoint? You yeah. Started oh, you would start at the beginning and go all the way. Wow. So... I, I commend you for getting hooked from Encounter at Farpoint. No, it wasn't Encounter... That's uh, not what got me. Uh. It's actually episode three, the weird ecstasy one, where, like, <laughs> they all... Like, some sort of thing infects the ship and they all 
fall in love with each they other. They all kind of get mm-hmm. naked. They all get weird. Yeah. yeah. Which and is then... a sequel to an original series. Exactly. Actually. Yeah. Once yeah. I found that, I was like, oh, this is like, the series for me. This is... <laughs> well, <laughs> and as an anthropologist, you were like, I just have to do more research. That's right. And, and I wrote... Not one, but five papers on the next generation. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for for my classes. Yes. What was you nobody was, else cared. What was the reception to the papers? Um, lukewarm. Yeah. <laughs> Very lukewarm. I would think that anthropologists would be interested in I, the whole. Well, my interest culture. was data specifically yeah. mm-hmm. because I love anything where there's a person who's perceived to um, not have emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be Spock, or that would yeah. be Data, or. Seven of Nine. Odo. Odo. Right. Exactly. Wait, um, is this why your dog is named Robot? Did we just discover <laughs> He has a lot of emotions. <laughs> but um, actually, he's very tranquil right now. He's but, super, super sweet um, right now. Yeah. Uh, I know he's going to go crazy any second. Um, so Data, uh, I wrote a lot of papers on um, how... In some episodes, Data would be treated like he has no emotions, but then in other ones, they'd like be afraid of hurting his feelings, or there a lot of episodes around whether or not he could command. Yeah, because he's a robot, and therefore he wouldn't. He would be an excellent commander because yeah. he would make rational decisions, or he wouldn't be because he would make he wouldn't make irrational decisions. Yep. Like you know, which made Kirk so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But which is also Star Trek Voyager kind of ripped that off. I was about to say with, with the doctor. He's yeah. one of my favorite characters. I love character. the doctor. Yeah. And oh. I, I Robert like, Picardo. Yes. Yes. And I like Voyager more than a lot of people do. Yeah. So. I love it too points, because yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love and him seven, and Seven's, seven's relationship. So you must have been a big fan of um, measure, of Ma- measure of a Man. Yep. Episode where Data's put on trial to see if he's a real mm-hmm. person. I love yeah. those. Yeah. Love those. Yeah, and then the doctor won his personship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love that episode. And yeah. So, so was TNG your gateway drug into science fiction? That's right. And then once I did all the way through that, then I just started the beginning, beginning and did original series and then wow. Enterprise and Voyager and Deep Space Nine. And then how did. All everything else, all this stuff, all these awesome um, books. How did those factor into your well, story? I think I met Ash while I was in grad school, um, and he wooed me on Facebook by commenting on my Next Generation posts. <laughs> <laughs> so a very smart person indeed. Unlike the guy from before who excluded you. That's from the right, Dungeons exactly. That's... Ash was inviting you in. Okay. Yes, including me. Yes. I can see so, why you fell for the geek. Then we um once we started dating, we got very serious very quickly and as did as our relationship became very serious, my um introduction to uh, sci-fi literature became more intense. And oh. I had a huge stack of suggested reading. That what, what was the I first one that he suggested? I think it was probably the Diamond Age, <laughs> which is really. Yes. I still I I tell everybody that if they don't like sci-fi or they don't know it very well, that's the first. It's a good like entree into into the world. Oh, except then I remembered. See, the funny thing was once I had thought myself not a sci-fi fan at all, but then. I all of a sudden remembered the seeds that had been planted all the way back along the way, like my college boyfriend gave me Neuromancer. Oh, yeah. And I loved I, it. I thought that's what it was going to be. Yeah. that's usually the gateway back. Well, what's weird about it is I, I read that, and I loved it, and then I didn't think 
I didn't think to go on. I was、mm. like, that was great. <laughs> yeah, the end.、Yeah. <laughs> and I think the thing that killed it for me was I saw The Matrix shortly yeah, thereafter. Which, well, and I was like, oh,、influence. that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's just The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a different time. <laughs> you know, that I,、um, my first exposure to Star Trek was Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Ooh. And I thought that was it. And yeah, then like, that was, was great. Yeah, then <laughs> yeah. I saw on TV, oh, there's more. That's exactly like, Oh, there's other movies, and there's these other shows. And, yeah. yeah. I think many of us have had that. I think、experience. I didn't put two and two together for a long time that <laughs> Wrath of Khan was Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I was like, yeah. this is a great movie with William Shatner and Carlo, Ricardo Montalban. So good. I keep seeing it on USA、yeah. in parts. And then finally, you know, it's the best of them all.、It's、yeah. The best. So, what would you write? So, we, um, What, what would you recommend for people who might have seen a few shows,、um, uh, mm. sci fi shows? Maybe they've read、um, Asimov or other, you know, some of the, some of the real big names.、Um, what would you recommend for more niche stuff that people might have not、uh, experienced yet? So, Time and Again by Jack Finney is pretty great. That's an awesome book. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great time travel story.、Um, And you don't have to be, you don't have to know anything about sci fi or, or any rules. It's, it's just a great, it's a great starter.、Um, the Forever War by Joe、mm. Haldeman、yeah. um, yeah. is, is, it's space opera, so it is very sci fi. If you want like a true sci fi book, that's, that is it. But you have to get all the way to the end because it's a beautiful, beautiful ending. Yeah. It's like a cry. Makes a man cry kind of ending. <laughs> yeah, I, I get a test for that. <laughs>、um, and what else? I mean, for, I, well, another thing that I realized with sci fi and I didn't even know it at the time is A Wrinkle in Time was、oh, my、yeah. favorite childhood book. I loved that whole series. Yeah,、uh, yeah and it was a whole, which I totally forgot it was a series as well.、Um, and I reread it again recently and it was just as good as I remembered it. I love the more stealthy sci fi that doesn't scream. Yeah. You know, but it, it has these ideas and it kind of has some of the social commentary and the questions that sci fi raises. The Giver was a、yeah. great one for that.、Um, it's kind of like sci fi. I don't remember who wrote The Giver, but,、um, but it was a great book. I think it was like assigned to us in、mm-hmm. middle school, maybe.、Um, so it's like 13 year old reading level, but it's just as good for adults.、Um, As I, I, I curated recently, every once in a while we try in the store to make little sections of, like, for a while we had all Soviet sci fi in this one area, but they went really fast, so they're、mm-hmm. gone. And then we curated a children's section, and I found so many great things、mm-hmm. there, like the Tripods trilogy, or actually, I guess it's a quadruplogy.、Yeah. You've never? No,、oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. It was a British writer,、um, John Christopher, I think.、Mm-hmm. And、um, tripods, these huge tripods, kind of like cloverleaf. Type things come、mm. down and then. It's very cloverleaf, actually. It is actually, yeah. <laughs> they, they basically are the same thing if you、mm. yep, go back and. Except that the people live, live with the cloverleafs in the tripods.、Um, it's like a post. It's everything that ch- kids today are reading, basically. Post apocalyptic. There are these things that are controlling them, they're trying to escape.、Um, it's great. It's a good one. So, we do a thing on the show called the Infinite Crossover Chamber where we mash up different characters against each other. Oh. <laughs> Kirk, Picard, who are you going to go with? In what context? As a captain or as a man? 
Ooh, we have not <laughs> debated the latter. Hmm. Um, well, as as who? Hmm. See, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Who would you want? Who would you want working in the store? Picard. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I, I knew she'd say that. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Why? Why? Because he would make sure that the till is fine, and he would lead people to books that they would desire, and he's an anthropologist. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, Kirk would just come in late. <laughs> yeah, he would. And He'd hit on all the denizens of the store. Well, yeah, there aren't that many women, but like, <laughs> I'd say it's like two women to every eight men. Well, we have to change but, that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we well, do. it's mostly girls who work here, which is pretty great. That's awesome. But, um, but yeah, I think he'd, 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 he'd be bored. I think. Well, and Picard also would make a nice cup of tea. That's right. He's a reader. Yeah, he is a reader. Yeah, he's got that great voice. Kirk's a bright guy. I don't want. No, no, I don't want all the listeners to get the wrong idea here. But I think he would be the less dependable worker. That's right. Yeah, he's not. He's not a. He's not a shopkeep type. Yeah. No. No. He's not. (laughs) Well, and you know, Picard. There's a strong family tradition of the. That's right. Of of being in a business, and he's got the winery. His brother, you know, does a. Although he did leave it behind. Mm. He did. Yeah, well, it wasn't you know. really his cup of tea. No, 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 oh. it wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, what do you think of the current state of science fiction, um, of stories, of movies? You know, we, we've got uh, Star Trek's been rebooted. We've got new Star Wars coming out. We were talking about um, in the beginning part of the show how science fiction, or before the show, we were talking about how science fiction elements are in so many stories right now. Where do you see this whole genre? right now where it is right now it feels like it will never it feels like it will never end almost right now it seems like science fiction is less a thing of the future and more a thing of the near future mm-hmm. like shows like revolution or um even the walking dead it all feels like something that's going to happen tomorrow maybe yeah, right mm-hmm. um and i don't know if that's just this moment mm-hmm. um but I just have a hard time seeing. I can't imagine what would overtake it at this point as like a a new genre that would. I don't. I just feel like it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because it's metastasizing, and I I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, into all different aspects, into children's literature and children's movies, film. Um, I don't. And there are so many good and bad versions of it. I mean, Tom Cruise makes a new sci-fi, sci-fi movie every year that they all kind of seem to run together in my mind now. But there's a lot of white, usually, and um, <laughs> oblivion. Was uh, yeah, like plants. And, it's desaturated, and he yeah. runs a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of breathing. <laughs> Um, a lot of him alone. <laughs> um, him. Oh, and that is a weird thing that both he and Will Smith seem to be having a lot of alone time in movies. They do sci-fi movies. Yeah, it's both like the Last Men. Um, but but then there's like Simon Pegg keeps doing awesome yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So there's like a funny, hilarious side. Oh, what's the one? Is it Guardians of the Universe? Mm-hmm. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Sorry. I mean that that kind of stuff. I get. I still get excited when yeah. I hear about that happening. What I get excited about is that as a as a comic book fan and as a person that was into all that stuff growing up, 
I like how they've managed to change certain stories into something that I like, as opposed to I was kind of eh about Iron oh, Man. Yeah, kind of, yeah. And 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 Guardians was always sort of like a pff, whatever. <laughs> and now I, saw, I mean I saw the trailer and it looks amazing, it looks really, really good. So yeah. I'm super excited about that, and yeah. I like I like the new takes on these different characters. I yeah. I'm enjoying the new take. Like, well, I might be the only person who like. The new, both of the new start. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. I am. I am as well. I loved. Well, what did you like about about both the? Um, new ones? I thought J.J. Abrams did a great job of of. Well, I liked that he cast basic unknowns, mm-hmm. pretty much unknowns, so that you could. I mean, I I knew what's his name. Cho from Harold and Kumar, mm-hmm. of course, but like if you're not a Harold and Kumar fan, then he's yep. an unknown. Um, uh, so great cast. Everybody I thought was very well cast. Um, and it was exciting, and um, but they kept to the characters well, and it, it, it had all the elements that the problem is that for me, the one, the only thing that was wrong with them, in my mind, is that in the original series, for me, the important relationship is between Spock and Kirk. Mm-hmm. It's a bromance all the way through, mm-hmm. with a little bit of um, a little McCoy, a little McCoy, McCoy yeah. being like the Green anxious mother, blooded hobgoblin. <laughs> yes, he's like the jealous Kirk mommy. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, um, but so I wish I, there could have been a little bit more of that. But I think. It can develop over time, um, and I I liked I liked that they tried to keep Khan a secret mm. the second time for the the second movie, and I I knew he was going to be Khan, but I still squealed when he yeah, said yeah. that he was. I was like, yeah, Khan, I knew it. <laughs> I was the only person, and I was wearing my Star Trek costume, and yeah. the person who came with me was mortified. Yeah, um, well, they should have known better. She should have known. <laughs> you know, it, um, I was in. Um, I was dressed as Kirk and w- walking in the um, the New York Halloween parade. Yes, as, as Kirk, and there's all these little kids and teenagers. They're like, "Look, look, Star Trek! Yeah, it's it's Kirk!" Blah blah blah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the J.J. Abrams movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, making totally. Making Star Trek cool again because it was cool with the original series. Well, and then. It, got, it wasn't cool, though. No, it thing. was cheesy. It was, it was cheesy. It was a little bit of a... To hear my father talk about it, who was not a fan, yeah. he was mortified the first time he ever found about this whole thing. He was like, uh. why? Why would you... Like, the overacting is so terrible. And it was just... It was something that his little brother liked that yeah. was weird. Yeah. So it, I don't think it, it wasn't cool. We have made it cool. We've, no. But it wasn't... And we have a different perspective, right. too. So. Yeah, right. and I think J.J. Abrams has helped it become more mainstream and there's pros and cons to that but I think the core elements of what makes Star Trek Star Trek is there and I thought I they agree. were there in Star Trek Into Darkness that first segment with them on the planet oh it was so good yes. so good I know I yeah. still cry yeah <laughs> well, and he got it he, right there he got it and he's a fan and he's yeah. obviously a fan and he loves it oh, so fan now. much he said he's not a fan he said he was not a fan before yeah. but I I don't he's know I that's don't true. believe <laughs> he was a, he's he is a geek. He's got the uh, he loved Twilight Zone. You know. I don't mean necessarily a fan of Star Trek. I mean he is a geek fan. That so, is absolutely so he knows true. what to so do. So yeah. he understands how important these things are yeah. to the fans, and he right. knows how to basically take that and and put it forth in a way that is keeping things. Um, 
great for the the fans that were already there, but also makes it accessible for those that are coming into it now. And it's a very fun, like it's a hard line to walk, but he manages to do it successfully. Now, here's the thing that I've noticed going to cons um, since the first movie came out. They don't show up. Those actors? No. Yeah, Yeah, they don't. They are not, and they are not, um, the costumes are worn by people at the cons, but they are not, um, those actors are not signing autographs. They're not doing the, like, the blitz that the, um, that, and even, you know, even, like, D characters from Voyager are still out there mm-hmm. doing like signings they're, at cons. They're trying but, to stay away from that whole um, Galaxy Quest type. Of, I think I so. Know, I, yeah. but, but it's interesting because that's if you sign on to Trek or before, if you signed on to Trek, you sign on to the whole the thing. Whole well, the same thing with Doctor Who. If you yeah. become the Doctor, you, you can't do anything else. You are the Doctor. Yeah, yeah. So. forever, forever, forever. Yeah. And 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 you 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 run the gamut. You go to the cons and you talk to the fans, and that perpetuates what brought us the J.J. Abrams. Yeah. So you, like, we wouldn't have J.J. Abrams if there weren't the cons. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have J.J. Abrams, but we wouldn't have his Star Trek if the cons hadn't been going on forever. We wouldn't have any of these movies if there weren't people who go to the Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Star Trek con at the Marriott for 25 years. Well, and, you know, it's... um, With with the Star Trek movies, with all the fan projects going on right now, there's Star Trek Continues, and there's a a lot of these fan projects. Star Trek's super popular on Netflix. I think the way Singularity kind of fits into this is this huge massive popularity of the genre and it is um it is so cool now to love these things and that just warms my I think it's great no (laughs) it makes me happy it makes me happy and it always makes me want to share these things with other people that haven't yet been introduced to certain book series and yeah I know television shows too but um the thing the that I really, are pretty. the thing I love about this store and what you're doing here is that y- the ability to share it with people that aren't necessarily here in the city. Aww. So, so thank you so much yeah. for doing thank you. this. Thank you. It's, it's been, we've been looking forward to this. We sent when we sent you the email and you said, "Yeah, come on by." We're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> we, were, we were totally dorky. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. It's true. It's true. So. so, where can people find you all on the um, internet? Let's see. The easiest one would be savethesci-fi.com. Coolest URL ever. Pretty great. Um, we also have savetheadventure.com, um, singularityshop.com, or singularity.co, C-O, mm-hmm. not .com. Are you on Twitter? We are on Twitter at singularityco, and I'm on, on Twitter at ccjames, and, and Facebook. Facebook is, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's Facebook singu- slash whatever, singularityco. Yep. So, yeah. And you are not a front for an organization that's actually trying to create the singularity. Is that correct? <laughs> We've been trying to trying to figure that out. I mean, I on. guess by by ebookifying all these books, that kind of it's a possibility. It sounds like yeah, we're getting there. Actually, <laughs> Rick Kurzweil creating... is actually an angel investor. That's... <laughs> yeah. You not all replicants are you? This would be very concerning to me. We told her we, we told her we told her we wouldn't talk about that. Ollie. All right, we're gonna have to scratch this from the show. But um, thank you so much for like, joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, until next time, live long and prosper. Indeed. Indeed.